0: Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. 720WGN, thanks for joining us. Dr. Jim Adams, Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine, joins us at least once a month to come on and answer some questions, talk about what is happening when it comes to medicine. Up to this point, it seemed to be always about COVID, Dr. Adams, but things have certainly changed. I'm sure you've read... About what happened in Nashville today, a 28-year-old transgender woman killed six people, three children, three adults at a school that she attended. And according to some reports, doesn't live far from that school. It's unusual for a woman, transgender woman, to commit a crime like this. Is there any commonalities when you look at these stories as a doctor, as a you know person in medicine? Can you ever tie together anything that leads people to do this Type of crime,
1: so it's a it's a important area of research because traditional mental illness does not really explain it. If you look, these people don't have mental illness diagnosis the way we think of it. But the one the one observation that I would make is that homicide and suicide are two ends of the same coin. So there's lots of self hatred and um, expression of, of self hatred in these shootings. So. Uh, some people commit suicide. Some people take it out on others as homicide. And it's those dynamics of play that are so tragic, especially when it's done so publicly and hurts innocent people.
0: Right. And, and it seems like they want to do it publicly. And she left a manifesto. So she is something that she wanted said and wanted people to hear. And maybe this is the way she thought that it would be heard.
1: And that's true. So people that have high antisocial personalities, sociopathy, narcissism, they want to kill other people, um, but it will will take it out very, very publicly. But other people will take it out on themselves. And so it's a very, very sad, sad state of affairs that very difficult to control.
0: Mm, It is. It's just tragic. Okay, on to other things that people are talking about. Ozempic seems to be in the news every single day, one of the many diabetic drugs that are now being used as a weight loss drug and being prescribed, making it hard for people who are fighting diabetes to actually get their drugs or pay the price that they're they're now, you know, being asked to pay if this does become a big thing, will it eliminate obesity? Will people be able to take a weekly injection and stay at a weight that they feel is healthy for them?
1: No, I don't think it's going to be that easy. I think in the short term, for people who have diabetes and, and severe health problems because of weight, it is enormously beneficial. and People should continue to take it because the blood sugars do improve, the weight does come off. But other people... Are are, that take it to lose weight, sure, they lose weight, but over the long run, the body composition can change what's happening to muscle mass. And then getting off the drug is very, very hard or impossible if people don't make lifestyle changes, the exercise, the maintaining healthy eating habits. So many people have, the majority of people, 75%, will regain weight after coming off it. But taking very expensive injections for life, it's just not going to be healthy in the long run. So it's it's fine in the short run. It's really not good in the long run. And for obesity, the manufacturer says it is not indicated. It has to be prescribed off-label for treatment of obesity. It's indicated for diabetes.
0: Right. Off-label meaning you're, you're going to have to pay for it. Your insurance is not going to pay for it.
1: Your insurance is not going to pay for it, and the manufacturer recommends against it. And so it, it is not an approved and tested indication. Does it work? Sure. But the benefits, um, it's, better to, it's better to get the, the, it's hard get the discipline along with Ozempic. Do not count on Ozempic as the long-term solution.
0: Dr. Jim Adams is with us, Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine. Somebody sent in a question and said, is there any real benefit to chirotherapy? They say cold causes your blood to move toward your core and cleans toxins. So,
1: I, it, it, interestingly, the, the cryotherapy may have a little bit of benefit at the margins. It, it does cause the cells to freeze and and, and contract and die. It's, it 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 does burn some calories. So. Short-term, done safe in a well-monitored setting, I have nothing against cryotherapy. Again, is it a miracle? No, but it's one of those little supplements that's not certainly not harmful for those who are so inclined. Is it and going it, to change a life? No, but it might be okay.
0: But, yeah, it, it certainly gets you going for the day, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wakes you up. A uh, 72-year-old sent a text in and said, Had COVID in July, booster in October, COVID again in December. Plan on going to London in May. Should I get another booster?
1: Oh, goodness. So there's um, so the, the um, do, if they have health conditions, probably no harm in getting another booster uh, to keep the immunity high, because everybody's immunity wanes at different rates. This person sounds like they've had a lot of COVID, probably has a lot of immunity, low likelihood of severe complications. But if we want antibodies to be high, you're going to need a booster uh, to make sure that you just don't get a little bit sick from it. So I think that that depends on a discussion with a doctor, but probably not harmful to to consider it.
0: Okay. Dr. Jim Adams, Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine, is with us. He's got another question from Dawn, who's on the phone line, and we'll talk quickly about the CDC saying that these cases of an invasive group of strep infections are on the rise. But first, Mary's got to check on weather and traffic. Somebody just sent a text and said, please tell Bob to stop saying Surrey in his commercials. It just set an alarm on my phone. Oh, that Bob Surratt, he's wise, isn't he? He put it in his promo. So everybody's got an alert set via Surrey to listen to his show tomorrow morning. That is awesome. Hey, I'm Lisa Steves here. Kevin, Mary, the newsroom temperature check coming up in just a second. But Dr. Jim Adams is with us. He is chief medical officer at Northwestern Medicine. And Dawn is on the phone, Doc. She's got a question for you. What is it, Dawn? If you have been vaccinated against chickenpox and you've Mm -hmm. never had chickenpox, is it possible to get shingles?
1: Uh, No, you would have to get chickenpox first. The vaccine theoretically could wear off. I mean, this is only the first, second generation where we've had the chickenpox vaccine. But if you've never had chickenpox, you don't have that virus dwelling in your nerves. And that's the necessity for, for, um, for zoster.
0: Interesting. That's good to know. Thanks for asking that, Dawn. So the CDC said cases of invasive groups, A strep infections, which were on the rise in December, um, you know, have remained high this far. We've seen reports of a lot of kids hospitalized with strep. What's the latest on that?
1: So strep, the strep, as we all know, strep throat infections very, very, very common. Now, routine strep infections, they're going to get better in one to two weeks, no matter what. It takes one to two weeks, whether you have penicillin or your antibiotics or not. The antibiotics don't make it shorter. And so, regular strep is very common and not a particular worry. However. There's this rare type of invasive strep A that's very dangerous. And it circulates naturally, but typically mostly between maybe October and April. So hopefully we're heading through it. And it was for the last several years, not surprising, it's been low. And now we've seen a resurgence. We see this every couple of years where there is a resurgence. And it's incredibly sad because it invades the body destroys the body. And we've had, I think, five children die in Illinois alone this year from this invasive strep A. So it is a concern this year, but it is rare. It's about, probably maybe 2,000 people will, would die from invasive strep A um, this year, which is way too many. It's very, very sad.
0: Oh my God, especially when it's children. So doctor, symptoms, like how do you know when you take your... How, when do you take your kid in is the basic question.
1: Yeah. So I think there there's a point, and. Uh, Every parent knows, trust the gut instinct, and if the, if the child is hurting more than you would expect them to hurt, if they're complaining of pain, if the fever is not easy to control, if they're not eating, if they're tired and lethargic, if the misery is more than you would expect, if they're just laying around, just take them to be seen. It, this is it, It's nothing to mess with. It's nothing to worry about. But these these the pain, the fever, the misery uh, is pretty severe. And it can happen pretty quickly, unfortunately. And so parents feel terrible, but there's not often nothing they could have done because it can progress pretty quickly.
0: All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Dr. Jim Adams, Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine.